story. Working with flyers. When you just zone out, you put your music on and you just chat. Excuse me, is this your taxi? You can't mistake their anthology, a girl's allowed commentary podcast from The Record Doctor. Whenever you're ready. Hello, my fellow Allowders, and welcome to this very, very special two-part event of You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, the Girls' Loud commentary podcast brought to you by The Record Doctor. And it is, of course, the all-important Faniversary special, where I sit down with a select number of Girls' Aloud's incredible fans to chat all about our five divine divas. My name is, of course, Adam Eve, and look, before we get into these conversations, first and foremost, this is a very, very different episode of the show, but I would like to say that I hope you all had an incredible Merry Christmas, blaring the Christmas tree disc as Santa spoiled you all rotten. (laughs) But I also very quickly wanted to launch this special two-part event by acknowledging the people that I sadly didn't get an opportunity to reschedule recording times for participation in the Faniversary episodes. Look, things have been quite crazy, as I've explained to you on the previous episode, and stuff was just a bit hard to manage at times over the last couple of months, so unfortunately there are a large handful of you that I did get to speak to. However, I do want to reassure those of you listening who are in that group that I'll be doing something similar to these episodes in March for the 10 tour anniversary. And I'll be in touch with you all very soon to try and lock something in for that. Well, I'm absolutely spewing like Cheryl in off the record <laughs> that I was unable to lock in a time with not one, but two people who appeared in off the record but I'm hopeful that they will both still be up for making an appearance in March. Now, look, I don't want to ramble on for too long as there is a lot to get through, but over the next hour and a half, you'll be hearing my candid conversations with some of Girls Aloud's international fans, starting right here in Australia by chatting to the wonderful Craig, then hopping over a few states in South Australia to speak to the lovely Stevie. After that, we'll be travelling all the way to Paris, France to speak with the iconic Ovid Cloud. Then it's off to Canada to chat with the stunning Sarah Winters. And finally, taking a trip to the US of A to chat with the incredible Cecily. As international fans, we all had our own struggle, I guess you could say, when it came to acquiring anything on the girls. But for those of us like Craig, Ovid and Sarah, who got into the gals as they were breaking records and releasing quality pop bangers, our biggest lifeline was the incredible internet forum, Girls Loud Media. So much so that the forum is brought up multiple times in this here International Fans Edition of this two-part Faniversary special. I don't know what we would have done without Girls Aloud Media, and I can't thank the people behind it enough for all of their hard work and dedication because, my God, without them, we literally would have had nothing here in Australia or Canada or the States or Europe. So as much as this episode is for the international fans of Girls Aloud being heard, and as much as it is also 
dedicated to our five girls themselves. I'd like to dedicate this episode to every single one of the people behind Girls Aloud Media and every single person who uploaded or posted items for overseas allowders like myself to gorge on. You made our fan experience that much more delightful and I know that all of us really cannot thank you enough. Now, I said that this was a two-part event. I'll be releasing part two of this special in a couple of days on December the 29th, which will be a mammoth special speaking to seven allowders from the UK. But let's not get ahead of ourselves because this is part one and I'd like to kick it off on a local front with a trip to Melbourne, Australia. Please welcome back onto You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, the wonderful Craig. Hello, darling. How are you going? Hello. Thank you for having me back. Of course. Thank you for coming back onto the podcast. It's so lovely to have you back on to talk all things Girls Aloud, to celebrate the 20th anniversary or what would have been the 20th anniversary. So... Look, let's just jump into it. A lot of the fans will recognise your voice from our second episode, which was the first album episode that we covered, which covered the Popstars, The Rivals era and the Sound of the Underground album. First of all, how huge is it to hear that 20 years ago, the girls were number one with Sound of the Underground in the UK, and 20 years later, their physical 7-inch vinyl single is number one on the physical charts as well in the UK. It's massive. Yeah, it's fantastic, you know. First of all, before we get into that, I just want to say that you are doing an amazing job with all (laughs) Podcasts and continuing their legacy. Been fantastic. And all the big fans out there are loving it. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate that. It's hard to believe that 20 years (laughs) have gone. Right. Already. It's like so much has happened with their careers and their lives and everything. And down to the underground, it's still amazing as what it was back then. Still as fresh now as it was 20 years ago. Yeah. I was actually listening to the new version last night before I went to bed with the, well, well not the new version, but the alternate yeah. uh, vocal version. And yeah, it was, it was quite amazing hearing the girls take on different lines of the song. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really, really uh, excited for the vinyl to arrive. But... Let's move on to what we're here to talk about, which is the girls' output. I think everyone remembers you and I spoke about how you became a fan and how we both became fans when we had our episode. So we're going to skip that portion of the questioning. (laughs) Let's jump straight into the good stuff. Talk to me, Craig, about what your favourite Girls Aloud single is. That's easy. Call, Call the shot. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Everything about that song is brilliant. Great production, great lyrics. Each of the girls get a a line, verse. It's just fantastic. And it's just a bit of a mixture of that sort of slower but up-tempo song. And even the remixes are fantastic. I'm sure if you look in my Spotify or what have you, that would be the most played Girls Aloud song without fail. Going from a single onto their album tracks or their B-sides or basically anything that wasn't a single, what's your favourite there? Every Now and Then. 
Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> and what you did with that extended um, mix, oh. the record off the show was fantastic. Thank you. Played yeah. it a number of times. <laughs> yeah, no, that one is definitely a highlight. On the Metro is another favourite. Probably B-Sides, probably Memory of You. Amazing track that's had quite the interesting life when you look at it. Yeah. Because it started off originally as a trance track called Japan by Cadence and then was done by Girls Loud and then was done by Nicola as a B-side to one of her Which tracks. Is on the new reissue. Cinderella's Eyes, Cinderella's yeah. Eyes yeah. yeah. A lot of the tracks on Tangled Up mm. could have been singles. Majority of I reckon about eighty percent of that album could have been singles. Yeah, I agree. Well that brings us to is that your favourite album? Of course. Yeah. That one. Most played. Most songs. I I love everything that they've done. There's not much that I don't. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But that is the most album. Yeah, it seems to be a general consensus with everyone that I've spoken to, or most people that I've spoken to, that Tangled Up is everyone's favourite album, everyone's favourite era. It seems to bring back a lot of really, really good memories for a lot of the mm. fans. Love is Pain and uh, Turn to Stone. Oh. I like too. Yeah. Great tracks. Great tracks. Absolutely love those two as well. I'm glad to hear you give those two some love as well, because last week on the timeline, I think uh, a couple of people were saying that they were a couple of tracks that they didn't like on the album, or that if they could, if they had to skip a song, that those one or two would be the ones that they skipped. No like, way. No. no skips there. No <laughs> skips. No skips there. Out of Control is a different story, but... <laughs> Yeah, about half and half, but yeah, still I a mean, great album. Still a great album. I think, for me, on Out of Control, it's it's really just fixed me up that gives me a bit of a... where I could skip it. Yeah. And depending on my mood, we want a party. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. I do prefer the girls' version to the original by Lini. Or Lini, mm. however you say her name. But, um... Yeah. <laughs> um, the Aqua Girl. The Aqua Girl. Yeah, that's much easier to pronounce. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> let's hear about the tours, because everyone's... We've been talking about everyone's favourite tours, and obviously for you and I, it comes from watching it on... The, yeah. the DVD, DVD or things like yeah. that. So, do you have a favourite tour? Um, prob- I'm not, probably not. I do probably prefer the later tours, like the 10 tour and mm. what kind of three later tours, I reckon. Three yeah, later yeah. tours are probably yeah. my, the ones that I've watched the most. Definitely, definitely. Because Tangled Up was the one where they came out at the start to sexy, no, no, no. Yeah. Flying on that. Yes. That's, yeah. Yes. Amazing. Iconic entrance. Mm. Now, on a solo front, I understand you've, you've followed the girls' solo careers as well. Yes, definitely. Is there anything out of their solo ventures that have really stuck out to you over the years? Yes. The Nicola, Cinderella's Eyes. Mm. Whenever I play that album, that's the one song that always gets played multiple times. Uh, There's something about that song. It's just so catchy. It's a shame it wasn't a single, but yeah. And I have a soft spot for Cheryl's... Only Human. That's right. 
I love my favorite Cheryl song is probably I Don't Care. And oh. a bit of controversy here, I do love Under the Sun. Ah, That's yes, yes. My favorite one from that CD. And Cheryl had a couple of really nice ballads as well. Yeah, she's had some good singles. It was disappointing that Let You didn't do as well as I think it should have. Yeah. Because there's a great single up there with, with you know, I Don't Care, Call My yeah. Name as, you know, some of her best. And Nadine, I do really, really love Sweetest High. Oh, it's a great track, isn't it? Oh my God, that's probably my favourite of hers as well. Bit of dance that's- pop for your nerve. Yeah. <laughs> but that stuff that she did on that EP was fantastic as well. But yeah. definitely Sweetest High. It's good seeing the girls together again, though, considering everything that they've been through and seeing them sort of attend events and everything, sitting next to each other and stuff. It's really, really lovely, especially because, you know, we had those years of, I guess you could call it hostility or years of where they weren't really speaking to each other and... It's, it is sad, obviously, that it's taken such a tragedy to bring them back together. That's right, yeah. But it's, it is beautiful to see that they're all back in each other's lives again, for better yeah, or worse. Life's too short. Oh, really? exactly. And yeah. the, everything that's happened with Sarah has, has shown that to the nth degree. Oh, my goodness. Well, my darling, before we wrap up... Could you tell my lovely listeners at home where they can find you on the internet if they would like to follow you? Oh, which account? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a bit like that at the moment. Um, on Twitter, Twitter's probably my best for Girls Aloud things and all that, which is at, oh my God, I've forgotten, at Craig Fogarty. 42. Amazing. So, yes, that's probably my best bet for Girls Aloud. Perfect, perfect. Well, we'll see you on the internet talking all things Girls Aloud very soon. And thank you so, so much for taking some time to chat to me about the thank girls you. today. Oh, of course. It uh, wouldn't be a fan anniversary without speaking to Craig. Thank you. Lovely. And, oh, always. And looking forward to, I think we're going to have an episode in the new year on the solo world yes. of one of the girls, or maybe two, we'll see, we'll see. But um, you'll everyone at home, you'll have to keep an ear out for that one. But thank you again so much, Craig, for coming on thank to you. Can't Mistake Their Anthology. And I'll speak to you very soon, darling. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Please welcome the wonderful Stevie onto You Can't Mistake Their Anthology. Coming from Adelaide. Hello, Stevie. How are you? Hello. I'm great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. That's all right. It's nice to see another Aussie Girls Aloud fan. Right. We're few and far between, so Mm. it's it's always lovely to spot them when we (laughs) do. So, obviously, we both understand being Aussie fans that everyone's every Australian fan story is very different because we didn't have the pop stars the rivals mm. canon that came with it so how did your Girls Lab story begin? I know because we sort of had Bardot and yeah. Scandalous and mm-hmm. Guy Sebastian so right. um, it's it's an interesting mix isn't it when you look at what the UK have turned out what we've sort of turned out mm-hmm. I guess for me growing up when they were at their peak if you want to call it that mm. I remember them being on like compilation CDs here. Like there was a Pepsi CD, I think Jump was on it. Right. So we kind of got like a bit of a taste of 
what was happening mm. with the girls. But aside from their smash number 26 single biology, we never really got the full Girls Aloud experience. So I sort of come in very late to the piece. Probably only in the last few years I've really discovered their whole catalogue. Right, well, it's never too yeah. late. It's never yeah, too late. never too late. It's kind of like with discovering Madonna in a way. There was yes. so much ground to cover that, you know, it just makes your little gay heart explode when you <laughs> come across someone or a band that's got so many bops and so many, you know, iconic moments to go back into. Sure. So I suppose I look at Girls Aloud maybe that 15, 20 years on down the track and I can sort of see how they've stood the test of time in a way. Yeah. And I have to say they hold up really well. Like we're coming to 20 years of Sound of the Underground and it still sounds so fresh and innovative as it was when it first hit. And I don't think there's been a debut single by anyone who's been on those, you know, shows that's quite gone to the level that Sound of the Underground went to. It's yeah. just so well-crafted and it gave their brand and their personality so much zest that you can't help but fall in love with them upon hearing that and watching them. I think for me, I suppose I really sort of started diving into their catalogue around the time Sarah had announced she was sick. And so it sort of took on a bit of a, a bit of a sad twist because you were reflecting on, you know, this vibrant, you know, crazy loving girl who hit the best note we've ever seen on Good Morning UK <laughs> with the loving kind, you know. So to watch all of that and I guess prepare for what was to come, yeah, that that sort of stuck with me the most. And then going from there, you know, we had our lockdowns, we had COVID, so that was perfect time to delve into their, their catalogue, their tours, their, you know, hits. And I guess for us in Australia, we didn't get to see or experience that firsthand, so we get the second-hand experience of it. Right, right. And I suppose what I relate to the girls and what I really enjoy about them is they were so unique. They were such an interesting group of women. People got to watch them grow up, particularly Cheryl, who, yes. you know, had a bit of a bumpy start, but, you know, and then became Bloody sort of the mouthpiece of the band <laughs> before Bloody her Lollipop. media training. <laughs> Back when she was the savage and, right. you know going on about the Pussycat Dolls, who some of the girls can't sing, <laughs> and then working with Nicole a few years later, which would have been quite funny for her. <laughs> but, you know, we've you sort of get to watch them grow up and watch them evolve into who they become. And aside from maybe the Spice Girls, it's really hard to, to see that with your girl groups mm -hmm. nowadays, you know. And I think that's what I love most about them. They're just... They're just so fun and they're what's made pop music so spectacular. And it was actually Posh Spice, of all people, in her infinite words of wisdom. She did an interview a few years ago for the Spice Girls, one of their reunion tours. And she said, the reason the Spice Girls are so popular is because it reminds people of a time when music was fun. Pop music was engaging and songs just give you that nostalgia. And I think Girls Aloud are what the Spice Girls were to the 90s. Like, they've just got... They captured that time, that zeitgeist, so well. They sound-checked a lot of people's lives in that 2000s era, and now here we are, 15, 20 years later, still talking about them. You don't have 
Like that's a legacy you can't buy. That's just, you know. Yeah, it's beyond manufacturing, so to speak. Yeah, it's just... yeah they really moved away from that that manufactured label which you know people like to shoot at when they want to discredit someone and what they achieve and I guess that's what I love about them so much and you know I'm a I'm a nurse I so hearing Sarah's story and reading her book when it came out you know you look at it from not just the eyes of a fan but you look at it from a healthcare professional and it breaks your heart reading those stories and especially at someone who at that time of her life you know there was so much more that could have happened right. and it's hard not to get into that way of thinking you know about what the 20th anniversary would look like or or what careers they all could have climbed to for the 2020s era mm -hmm. but i guess the probably the one good thing that came out of that whole sad experience was it reunited the other four right you know they got to come back together after a long time and mm -hmm. we got you know the the ball recently we got to see them all you know come together for that cause honor their bandmate you know looking quite happy and mm -hmm. revitalized and i guess through the ashes you know something beautiful can grow and i think that's all sarah ever would have wanted you know to leave behind she's already got the legacy there she's like we'll always have her in in the music in the videos in her crazy performances sure. but we've also got the girls who are still honoring that and the cancer victims it's just such an important cause so i think there's just so much to love about that group it was a really good balance because it wasn't about savaging the other girls or making pot shots and i think you know she didn't gloss over that there'd been bumps along the way mm. but i guess when you're staring down the barrel of a terminal illness all that shit doesn't matter anymore so this is another way to honor your life your legacy and take back some of that power for yourself yeah. being in that horrible situation so i really liked the the balance that it struck but the bits that were really hard to read were the modern day bits mm -hmm. when she was going through the chemo because you just know it would have been an awful experience and i i listened to kimberly's podcast with sophie oh. ellis baxter the other day yes. and it's heartbreaking to hear you know because Kimberly was pregnant at the time with her third child and Sophie I think said it best when she's like births and babies are new life and this was all happening around the time someone else that you're close to was their life was ending so it's really that you know it's yeah it's a awful situation but it reminds you that it is the circle and right. crazy and that yeah, you can hear the emotion in Kimberly's voice when she's talking about it. And she has a very soothing voice. I love Kimberly's voice. Yeah, yeah. But you know, she was you could tell she was really still it still cuts her up to talk about it. Oh, it was hard listening to those first particularly those first twenty minutes of that podcast, especially mm. when Kimberly's saying pretty much that all of what's happened has basically put a full stop at the end mm. of yeah. Girls Aloud. Mm. And which is, I've spoken about this with other people as we've been doing these conversations and there are some fans, I haven't encountered them, but there are some fans that are kind of basically like, just, you know, get back on the road, hurry up, just mm. go, go, it's your 20th, you need to do something for it. Mm. But, and I keep saying this in the conversations I'm having with everyone is that 
we had them in our lives through the music and everything that they gave to us with their talent, mm -hmm. but yep. they had Sarah in their lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Real memories that we will never know about. Mm-hmm. A lifetime. And yep. that's what people need to remember is that, like, it's not just about, you know, the show must go on. Yeah. It's, it's a little different. I, I don't know how you would do it, though, because someone would have to sing her lines or... You could do a TLC, I suppose, and have like screens with Sarah's image from the videos or right. a tribute. But you know that they would just be a wreck on stage. Yeah. And I was talking to one of the Girls Aloud um, Instagram accounts. There's millions out there, which I love. I love that there's this big fan community <laughs> that I didn't even know yeah. existed. It's like, it's, I love those niche groups that just appear when you're looking for something. But we talked about the Primrose Ball when they announced it. And we did have a discussion like, you know, could they, would they perform? Because at that time we didn't know. Mm. But we had a bit of a discussion about what would you even perform as a four piece? Like, mm. what song could you do? You couldn't really bust out the promise or something really fun and boppy because you'd be almost a crying wreck yeah. when it gets to Sarah's bits. Mm -hmm. And you could maybe do something like Untouchable but you know that they would just all burst into tears. So it was really nice that they got other people to come in and yeah, yeah. honour that legacy right. through, you know, it's the next generation of artists who, you know, gave it their all to give them a great show. Yeah. And they were dancing and bopping and the audience was great watching yeah, them was. recreate some of their choreo. <laughs> <laughs> the camp choreo. I just think it's nice to see Nadine back with those girls. Tell me about and over. it. Yeah, it's it was always hard watching Sarah and Nadine at the back or on the sides while the three were in the middle. But I think now it's all water under the bridge because... Right. Before we heard about Sarah's diagnosis, we had heard that there were rumblings that they were yeah. starting to talk about the 20th anniversary. Mm -hmm. So obviously it, that sort of sent everyone into some premature excitement mm -hmm. and then the rest of the story happened as it did. Yeah. Because you heard like little rumblings that Nadine and Kimberly were good. Cheryl and Nadine were good. Mm -hmm. Kimberly and Sarah were talking. Nicola was, aside from being Queen Bee, but you know, yeah. like, you know, they, they were all kind of starting to get that name back out there. And I guess that's where it's hard now to go. We're at the 20th anniversary time now. What could have happened? Like, mm. would yeah and i suppose moving forward for their they've already got a legacy but i suppose you know over the next couple of years would be the best time to start remastering those vinyls and mm -hmm. you know doing some fun things getting some stuff out of the vault because i think there's more there to sort of oh, you know is. package and do stuff with whether the girls want to be directly involved in that or just give the okay to uh, yeah there's just so much uncertainty moving forward and they've already been raising a, a great amount of money for all the cancer causes. So, you know, they could keep going in that direction with some of these really cool releases and, you know, even the Primark stuff was, was exactly what sums them up there. A little bit of camp, a little bit of fashion, a little bit of, you know, that UK wit to yes. them that I know us Aussies appreciate and the fact that they were modelling the pyjamas like it was 
high fashion. A Victoria's Secret. Yeah, yeah. secret. <laughs> I love so the heels good. and the hair. It was just perfect. Yeah, the hair was just epic. Nadine looked like she'd been running with like a leaf blower, but she looked <laughs> fantastic. So good. And, and it's like you half expect Cheryl to open her top and all these wasps like fly out. <laughs> at, or the ghost that Cheryl told to tap the table. <laughs> oh, just tap the fucking table. <laughs> I know, that would be a great guess for your show. How did you feel with 2007 Cheryl? Do you feel personally victimised by her? Oh tap God. the table for yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think we'll ever get anything as epic as Off the Record or The, the Ghost Hunting. Oh. Like, that's just pinnacle. Like, who could do that better? British TV the girls. at its finest. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm just, I'm annoyed we didn't get, like, the Spice Girl, um, Girls Allow crossover that, you know. Oh. <laughs> you know, that but we've got to get those that. five back together yeah, first. Yeah, I, know, right. I know. I would like to lighten it up before we wrap things up, I guess. Favourite song and favourite single? Favourite song? It's like picking a Madonna song, isn't it? It's like... Yeah. <laughs> Depends on what the mood is, but I think for me, Call the Shots is just so epic. It's mm -hmm. that perfect pop song. The vocals are on point. The performances are always a blast. It's never the same thing each time, especially the 10 tour performance. Yes. Just had that bit of magic to it. The single, I mean, the dedication they had for Sound of the Underground, that whole marketing campaign, launching the girls and really stomping them into the scene with this is who we are and mm -hmm. you know i i that was just such a high yep. for them i think maybe something new also comes a oh. close second with the same energy mm -hmm. like and sarah's ad libs at the end with the follow the leader stuff are just epic like if when i meet my maker i want to hear sarah's <laughs> follow the leader's like voice as i enter the Pearly right. gates, assuming right. I go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, her follow the leader bits uh, on the 10 tour as well mm. just blew my fucking mind when mm -hmm. I saw them. And then, and still watching it on the DVD as well, it's that mm -hmm. same effect. It's just that yep. song is mammoth yep. and was the right way to start yep. a, a resurgence of the girls. I know. I mean, beautiful because you love me's nice. I think Nadine was quite right to say, let's park that one. Yeah. <laughs> let's go for something new. <laughs> Should the last single have been on the Metro? Yeah, probably. Uh, that see, would have I, been a great video. Definitely. Because I would have liked every now and then just because I'm a sucker mm. for that Xenomania. Yeah. That, that and Something New to me were like prime examples of what I thought Girls Aloud in that year would sound like in 2012. Mm -hmm. Yeah that if Girls Aloud had come back, this is the sound that they would have brought. It was exactly yeah. that and more with those two tracks. And On The Metro as well is a really fucking mm. great track. That would have been like an album full of bangers. And oh, it's, and I think the other thing that I really love about Girls Aloud is how many artists really put that much effort into their B-sides and their, their album tracks. Yeah. Like, you know, there are singles artists out there who are great, and their albums are a bit like, oh, you know, like, let's just put on their Spotify Greatest Hits playlist. Right. But Girls Aloud, there is so much buried gold right in their catalogue, even in their demos and the 
the mixes that came out at the 15th anniversary with what you know fling my soul overboard was going to oh. sound like if it went on the tour that would have just blown the roof off if that you know had ever one probably my favorite pop mashup maybe ever mm. it's just so brilliantly done and mm. it just eats the original tracks for breakfast oh. <laughs> which is crazy like because graffiti yep. my soul especially mm -hmm. is such a huge track but that mashup is something else yeah and it would have it would have fit so well on that Victoria's Secret segment where they had the different wings and mm -hmm. outfits. Like that would have just, oh, I don't think anyone would have recovered. They'd still be picking people off the floor from the O2. Right, right. <laughs> Back then. What's your favourite album? It's a really hard one because you could go with, uh, you know, Tangled Up. You could go because it is epic. Mm -hmm. I personally love Out of Control. Mm. I just can't. Got the most Sarah lines on it. You know, if it had to be their final album, it's a good way to finish it. it the girls right. all sounded great. I think, you know, you could sort of maybe get a taste for the direction they were going to head in if they had got to album six. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, that that's just got so many great songs, like, right in there. The singles were great. The B-sides were great. It's To me, that's the whole package. They they looked amazing. And it was nice watching Cheryl's solo career sort of take off at the same time because Poor Thing looked terrified in some of those early solo performances. <laughs> but you can tell being with the girl sort of revitalised her a little bit and you yeah, know, yeah. gave us a bit more of that developed package, you know, as she went into Fight for This Love and off to her next sort of bops that she released. So, yeah, I have to say out of controls a good way mm. tour wise see i guess that's where it's hard because all i can look at are just the the tour videos the amateur footage that's out there on youtube i didn't get to see them unfortunately yeah. it's, you know i've seen some great artists in my time like you know i've seen madonna i've seen you know some really incredible people girls aloud would have been you know give yeah. you left arm to right. see them um i suppose the 10 tour, they all looked incredible on that tour. Nicola's voice had come such a long way. She had that confidence that it was really billowing then, kept going after they yeah. disbanded. But, you know, Nicola's voice on that tour was great. I'm surprised that there was a few people in the comment sections on the videos who were poo-pooing Nicola's voice yeah. for that tour. It's a bit... Oh bizarre to me and I thought it was a good like it showed how much Nadine had with the songs like she sang yeah. so much and she sang her butt off for that tour but I, I just really loved how they looked I loved how they were styled the editing of that tour is a bit weird in some ways it's a little bit maybe a bit off in some mm. sections but I guess if you're a Madonna fan you're used to <laughs> tours looking like a, a music video with like 50 shots yeah. every two seconds you know it's the power of mdna tour coming back to haunt us but um there's some really fun bits on the tour dvd that it's hilarious there's like one clip in jump where cheryl's making a gesture at one of the dancers because they're out of their place which is hilarious every time you watch her it's like she's telling them to take a few steps back and get in line and i know there's amateur clips of cheryl sort of redirecting sarah a couple of times when she's confused where the choreo is which is sweet i think that's cheryl yeah. the penultimate performer from 
Newcastle, you know, making sure everyone's in their line. <laughs> Cheryl, the peacekeeper. I remember um, one of the shows, Sarah was singing a line walking down the runway, and I was like, I love you, Sarah. And she looked at me, stopped singing the line, and goes, hello, and then went back <laughs> to singing the rest of the lyric <laughs> <laughs> it's better than the days with, you know, when she's about to chuck and Hillary's just like, don't do it, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> oh my God. Well, let me quickly ask you before we wrap things up, where can the lovely people online find you if they'd like to follow you or... Yep, so I'm on Instagram, Stevie M 58 That's where you can find me. Twitter, I wouldn't even bother with because it's... <laughs> Will it, will it even still be around when this episode's yeah. out? Yes. It's <laughs> perfect time for Nadine to promote a new song through Twitter. <laughs> Stevie, thank you so much. I've had such a good time chatting to you. And, yeah, thank you again so much. I really appreciate it and appreciate all the support of the podcast. And, yeah. Thank, thank you. you so much. And it's so great to see what you're doing and getting the girls' names back out there. And it's, again, they're so niche, but it shows how much we miss pop music at its mm -hmm. best and it's so i'm so proud of what you're doing with this podcast it's amazing so thank oh. you for giving us the platform to speak and have our stories i oh. look forward to hearing it thank you so much that means that seriously means a lot to me <laughs> thank you so much i look mm. forward to hearing it and keep rocking on thank you thank you it means the world have a good night you too bye, bye. Please welcome onto You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, the wonderful Ovid. Hello. How are you, Doug? Hello. <laughs> I am fine. I am a bit stressed, actually, but um, but I'm happy to be here. I wanted to do it for the girls, basically. So, I don't know. If they ever listen to the podcast, I'm sure they will one day. It was important for me for them to know that they have fans all over the world and we grew up with them, basically. So, yeah, right. that's my tribute to them. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Especially because it's when I started the podcast, I guess the fan base could have been like, what's this Aussie dot guy doing starting a podcast about our girls? But everyone was really, really super receptive to it. So that's yeah. what I like about a lot of the people that have agreed to speak. It hasn't just been people in the UK. Well, tell me and the listeners how you began or discovered Girls Aloud. Yeah, I was going to that. Um, I was, I was a, a teenager, a late teenager, I'd say, maybe 15 or something. Um, and the first time that I heard about the girls were well, online, of course, because, as I said, in France, they're like not famous at all. They never tried, actually, to be famous in France. So um, I never got to see them on TV, newspapers or anything else. So it was basically on the internet, of course. I was really into pop music, into British music. So I was looking up the charts and what was happening over there and... One day, I just read the name Girls Aloud in the charts, I guess. So I was, <laughs> I downloaded them a few songs, two songs actually, illegally, of course, because they were in the <laughs> streaming at the time, because we are dinosaurs right now. So um, yeah, I just downloaded two tracks, uh, really funny. It was, the first two songs was, uh, were um, I Stand By You and Wake Me Up, which I think is so funny because it's like the two different aspects of Girls Aloud, you know, the, the yes. boring cover, boring, but addictive covers sorry right. and then the the monster pop hits like wake me up and i was like kind of blew away uh straight away by the by, by those two songs um guess i got into the album straight after 
um, uh, what will the neighbors say, and that's why it all began for me. Mm. Actually, with this, with this album and this and these two tracks, it was I guess a bit of an accident. Just read about them online, wanted to check. Uh, what was behind the name and the songs and and that was it <laughs> that's how we started a beautiful accident it's always amazing a beautiful accident yeah the different discovery stories everyone has because yeah and it led to a lot of consequences <laughs> here i am 20 years later talking about them <laughs> so right yeah right. It, do you have specific memories or things of the girls achievements along the way that you just think are your favorite moments or a fan moment yeah we all have so many moments i think like Mm. if we think about specific times of our lives and everything every time we can like attach it to a song to a performance that we saw on 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 youtube or anything i mean i mean i grow up basically with with girls aloud and um of course there is a few specific moments and i will maybe talk about one of them or two but um it's just that i grew up yeah with them basically by my side and i had kind of got my inner strength from girls aloud um like but it's the same for all of us when we were low or depressed or or bullied or anything just the thought of girls aloud and having them behind behind us and the musing and everything that's what got me my strength i guess um so so yeah it's been like a lifetime story with them um and a few moments i don't know i i, I was lucky enough to to live in london for six to eight months when i was 20 um and that was quite a shock for me because that was the first time that i was living in a country where girls aloud were known and famous i was seeing them on tv i was seeing them in newspapers <laughs> on the radio so th- that was kind of a shock for me kind of crazy because until then you know i had to fight for my girls aloud love because we were not fed girls aloud uh, overseas i mean um so it was it was quite intense for me and i was lucky enough to go to the tango up tour um for the oh. two nights uh, uh, in london so that was like a, a big memory for me um, for me as well um seeing them live of course it's it's kind of kind of massive the adrenaline that you get and and again being surrounded by the whole arena of people knowing girls aloud liking girls aloud uh sharing for girls aloud it it was i mean it was the first time that i experienced that so it was that was this one that was great great memory it, is that your favorite album it's it's really actually it's coming back and forth actually which one is my favorite <laughs> chemistry has is a special yes. one as well because mm-hmm. i would say tangle up maybe is the most efficient of the albums like the most i mean they came to i mean to i don't know how to say it to the top of the game i think with with tangle up it was the most pop polished album and uh, and the most effective i think chemistry uh, that's uh, if i mean if you look at the definition for girls love in the dictionary there should be chemistry because there is so much of them into it mm-hmm. um so i would i would go for for chemistry i think even I though see. now i would i think i would listen to tangle up maybe a bit more but i think chemistry is like uh, the perfect girls love album and it's also the best Christmas album too because of that second disc with all the Christmas songs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Which technically yeah. makes the other disc of Chemistry a Christmas album too. So yes. it, it, it's just as important as All I Want for Christmas in this house. <laughs> exactly. The same for me, yeah. <laughs> so, favourite single, what do you think? 
I would say uh, it would have to be biology and call the shots. I can't really choose between both because they are both so different. Like one is the odd one, you know, with the bizarre structure and everything, the Quaker lyrics. And the other one is like the most classical pop song possible i mean in the structure in the lyrics the harmonies so both that's both sides of girls allowed and i think that i would go with uh, with the both of them okay <laughs> what about visually speaking because obviously the girls have a pretty interesting visual background in the sense of their video clips especially like they always looked relatively cheap for the most part but yeah. were super super effective and super on brand <laughs> <laughs> what true. do you think are your favorite videos of theirs? I would I would say actually call the shots for the the favorite uh, video to look back like today if I had to introduce someone visually to girls that I would maybe say call the shots but at the same time videos like wake me up that <sighs> that's what I liked about them like the funny the funny way to shoot the videos and the, as you say kind of cheap I mean okay let's be honest <laughs> kind of cheap sometimes settings I mean that that's what made them iconic I mean so so yeah wake me up as well is one uh, maybe because that was the first one that i was introduced to as well i guess um but i like the, yeah the quickie videos are like a bit of the show as well i mean that's the show wake me up this kind of of mood um was kind of perfect for them and that's why uh, we loved them so much at the time so but then they grow up i mean that so it's only normal that and natural for videos like call the shots and the promise it's all because it became more polished and more i mean grown woman and stuff so it's it's only natural but the early videos like yeah the show and wake me up uh with the quickie and funny sides of them i was talking about aston by you wake me up that's the songs that i discovered them with and i also discovered them with tv performance wake me up on top of the pops with the motorbikes i oh, don't know this yes. um oh. and i have to mention the fabulous website curse aloud media because yes. <laughs> they're oh. a huge part of my fandom and i think of any like international fans because of course we couldn't see them on TV so we had to rely on this website and these forums and the download selection was the part that I was most of the time all the time it every was time the, they were at, yeah. at that time it was the greatest place on the internet girls exactly yes <laughs> i have so many memories of late evenings waiting for them to upload a tv performance <laughs> on the x factor <laughs> stuff like that and i mean really the, the job that they made i mean my god thank you to them because <laughs> uh, so yeah the tv performance of of wake me up on top of the pops that was the first time i watched them maybe even before the video and stuff that's the first thing that i downloaded uh visually and i was like i was i was i was like 15 or 16 so i was still and i was really young and naive at the time so <laughs> i was like how is that possible we don't have this in france <laughs> i mean that was quite a shock looking back now you could think that it's a bit cheap maybe or, but at the time i was blown away i was watching in again and again and again on repeat and I mean that that's that's how I became a, a true fan at the time because <laughs> that was kind of iconic really that iconic that performance is iconic and that song is iconic as well cuz that was when I Sound of the Underground and No Good Advice were released in Australia, so I knew those songs. But then after yeah. that, there was nothing. And I was also, I'd started 
uh, raving and going out to parties and stuff. And I was listening to a lot of dance music and techno and I'd sort of like completely forgotten about pop for a couple of years. Yeah. And then when I came back to pop music after, cause I got really ill and after I got better, I came back to pop music and it was just as they had released wake me up. And I was like, Oh, this is amazing. And I was like, Oh my God, there's like two albums. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. It's funny being international fans and you were talking about sort of that culture shock of coming when you lived in London and everyone knew who Girls Aloud were. I remember the day, because I was over there, I went to the last show, and so, like, I was there when they announced the split. And mm. I remember, like, walking the streets and seeing, like, newspaper covers <laughs> dedicated to Girls Aloud splitting up, and I was like, if they were going to do it, I'm glad that they did it while I was still in the country. <laughs> so that, you could experience that. So yeah. I could experience that at least, like, just as a fan. Yes. It, it, it's crazy. Did you get to sort of go into their solo stuff? I turned out into a massive Sherwood fan when, right. she, when she went solo. Um, initially, Kimberly was my favourite in the band, and, and Nicolas, well, well, I loved all of them anyway, but um, then, I, yeah, I turned into a, a, a massive, complete Sherwood fan. I have my Sherwood t-shirt from oh, the tour. Because <laughs> I've been to the tour as well. I love um, that. So, so, yeah, I loved all of the girls, but Sherwood as well, she holds a special place in my heart as well. <laughs> She's like my big big sister distant sister but <laughs> um yeah i've been a massive fan of, of cheryl career so do you have like favorite cheryl album or song oh i've got so many but uh, i love all the albums uh singles i think i will i don't know the promise uh promise this sorry promise this is right is is one of my favorite i love that it was so pop and promise this was like is she really releasing this song like because everyone was expecting her to go down the like right. the first album you know and promise this was a bit was a bit girls aloud i think that's why i loved it so much at the time it's a song that sounds a bit like girls aloud it was pop mm-hmm. it was i mean you had the, the the funny elements in the in, in the song like the 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 French words as well that I mean of course she pronounced it wrong but <laughs> but still I was I was, I mean I was like oh yeah it's like oh, my God we should talk really quickly but about Je ne parle pas français cover because it doesn't make any sense but please, oh my God <laughs> this please is, we, we this will is, circle back to that <laughs> yes circle back to that um, but yeah I would say promise this. All of them, all of those songs, I was yeah really into into her and still I'm into her now. But yeah, I promise this was kind of a a good move, I think, from a a surprising move. So I was happy she went with, she went with that. Oh, incredible! Love the wow. t-shirt, by the way. Thank you. People Thank don't you. see it, but it's a wake me up t-shirt. So <laughs> it was yes. meant to be today. <laughs> yes, it really was because I was look and it was funny because I was looking for my chemistry t-shirt and I couldn't find it. I think because I think I've got it to be in the wash. So I was like, oh, I've got to get the wake me up one on then. So <laughs> <laughs> perfect. See, you guessed my answers. <laughs> final thoughts on the future because it's I guess because Kimberly talked about this on Spinning Plates with um, Sophia Spexter and she said that it kind of feels like there's a been a full stop at the end of Girls Aloud now and a lot of fans 
from what I've heard, especially talking to people tonight recording this, is that there are some fans who are feeling like a little bit entitled and kind of want them to like, you know, you know, get back on the road. It's the 20th anniversary kind of thing. Yeah. I I just think that everyone needs to just let them be. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yes, it's their decision and of course, it's it's only normal for us to wish for things and and to have different views on it as well. I mean, it's only human. We all react differently. But ultimately, yeah, it's their choice and their decision. And I mean, whatever they decide to do, of course, I will, I will root for them and I will respect their decision on a personal point of view. <laughs> of course, I would like them to not, of course, carry on under the ban. I think it's it's. it's they all moved on to other horizons and stuff, but um, I feel like Sarah ultimately would be would be kind of proud and happy to see their catalog to be performed and to be toured and to to be alive, you know. Um, so I wish someday they are able to do like maybe not a tour, maybe concerts, you know, something to celebrate the music because Sarah was extremely proud of the music. I think she was one of the most enthusiastic about the music that they mm-hmm. produced and she was so proud of their legacy that I feel like, I mean, it would be the best thing to do for her to to make this legacy alive and to sing the songs and, and stuff like that. But then, of course, once I've said that, it's I also get that it's extremely difficult for them as human beings to yes. keep on singing these songs without Sarah. So maybe it will take time, maybe it will never happen because they don't feel they're ready. So yeah, it's, it's only their decision. It will always be. So I will respect that. So we'll see. You've been Absolutely wonderful to chat to, by the way. Oh, so, so you. grateful and so thankful you that <laughs> you were able to do the extra slot that I could put in. No, so for you, for me, it's easy. It's like middle of the day, so it's fine. But for you, it's quite late, so thank no, you no, again for everything you're doing with me and with everyone and, and everything you do for the girls. That's great. Oh, thank you so much. It really, really does mean a lot. And the support for the podcast means a lot as well. It's just, mm. yeah, big, big love to everyone and big love to you. As, and thank you it's so much. It's a great body of work. Yes. Thank you so much. And before I let you go, did you want to just yes. let everyone on who's listening know where they can find you on social media or on the internet? <laughs> yeah, I have nothing to sell and my profiles are quite boring, but on Instagram, <laughs> if there is a few Girls Without fans that want to chat up about Girls Without, of course, I'd be happy. I'd be, it's ovid.cloud on Instagram. That's my nickname. Big love to you again for doing this. It really means a lot. Thank you very much. Speak to you next time, maybe. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. We'll definitely have to talk again soon. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> Au revoir. Bye-bye. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome onto You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, the lovely Sarah Winters. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Hi, I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast to talk about the girls. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on and I'm excited to chat with you about your story and what you love the most about the girls. Yeah, I'm excited to share. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, I'm going to ask immediately how you came to the Girls Lad story or how your Girls Lad story began. Yeah, so I'm actually based in Vancouver, Canada. Right. So I don't think I'd heard of them 
um, when they first came out or when they were first put together. Um, but I think around 2006, I believe that was the their greatest hits, um, Sound of Girls Aloud mm-hmm. era. Yep. And I think I just came across um, some articles at the time. There were Cheryl was big in the UK press with um, being like a wag. Yes. And I think I saw her name. She was out with Victoria Beckham, I think, um, watching their husbands play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's like another kind of like Posh and Bex. And so I, I looked into it and I was like, okay, this is her band. And I, the first video I saw was Biology. Oh. And at the time I didn't get it because my first impression was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, I, it just grew on me and I, I started loving it. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is, it's just so colorful and happy and it's just so different to anything right. I listened to at the time. Um, and then I watched off the record and I was just full on obsessed. <laughs> right, right. Good era as well to sort of come in. What comes to you as like some amazing memories maybe that you have? Yeah, well, as a fellow international fan, it was very hard for me at the time to get any of the CDs or anything on time. So I just Nightmare. always be on Girls Aloud Media. Yes. Keeping up with everything there. <laughs> this is the second time already in the in the chats that I've had that Girls Aloud Media has been brought up. Yes. And it's saved our lives. <laughs> yes, it did. Otherwise, I don't know what we would do as international fans, really. But yeah, I, I remember, I think, um, when Tangled Up came out, because that was the first album release that I was a fully a fan for. Right, right. And that just blew my mind because that's one of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. And t- to me, the tour was amazing, even though I couldn't be there in person. But even just watching fan clips on YouTube mm-hmm. at the time, with even like the short videos at the time <laughs> on YouTube and like the really crappy quality, yes. but it was such an event, even just Googling and refreshing, seeing more uploads mm-hmm. every night of the tour. And it felt like I was there, even though I was watching these clips. Right, right. What sticks out from off the record to you is some moments that just you immediately think of when someone says off the record. Oh my gosh, all of Cheryl's <laughs> rants. Those are iconic. And I, I think, honestly, that's what made me really like her and become a huge fan of her. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It just sold, because uh, I already, you know, kind of had an idea of who the, all the girls were, but it really was with Off The Record that we got to see, like, larger chunks of how they operate, the people that they are. And, yeah, it just, I mean, I fell in love with all of them even more, but Cheryl, yeah, she just sold me so much on how dry she was and <laughs> how funny she was her comic timing is yes something else and if she could harness that if she ever wants to become an actress i reckon she'd be able to do comedy really well because she just has that timing down it was perfect be interesting to see whether she's still got a lot of that dry nature now now that she's you know a mom and everything like that like all that stuff they do say changes you but i think there'd be still a little bit of that dry cheryl cheryl tweedy in there (laughs) Oh, I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, let's uh, let's talk about your favourite areas, favourite moments. 
The first question, obviously, is what's your favorite song? Oh, that one's so hard because I, I have to go by album, like a favorite song per album. Oh, do and it. still, I okay. <laughs> do uh, it. <laughs> Sound of the Underground would be, I think, No Good Advice mm-hmm. is my favorite sing- um, song off of that album. Um, on what will the neighbors say? It would probably be. Um, I really love "Wake Me Up." Oh, <laughs> rock chicks in the house. So good, <laughs> so good. Yep. And then um, "Chemistry" is one of my favorite albums, and oh, there's just so many off of that. But mm. I really love "Models." Oh, yeah. Should have been a single model. I yes. know. <laughs> and I love the performance on the Chemistry tour. Mm-hmm. I feel like that just brought the song to life for me. I think right. the choreography and even just like the facial expressions and the way that the girls performed the song. They were definitely coming yeah. into their own really, really well as performers by the time the chemistry tour by the time the chemistry tour had rolled around. There was yeah. still that nervousness in those first initial shows, especially the Sound of the Underground era, where like you'll be watching the tour and you can sort of still see in them they can't quite believe what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> And then by the time chemistry rolled around, like they were like, yeah, no, we know what's going on because we're fucking amazing. So, and it (laughs) really translated in the way they performed on that tour and the way it it was the next step up before they would get to, which seems to be everyone's favorite tour, the Tangled Up tour. Would you say that's your favorite tour? A hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah, yeah. 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 Everything from the costumes to the songs mm-hmm. i love tangled up as well mm-hmm. um yeah just iconic um entrance as well <sighs> what did we we didn't actually finish what uh, your favorite from tangled up would be oh my gosh i have so many this is this is the <laughs> tough thing i love close to love oh does. and i also love control of the night those two yes. amazing yeah right great tracks singles when we're talking about their singles do you think that you can pinpoint one that you think is the greatest girls allowed single ever oh gosh i'm just gonna say something kind of ooh. oh yes just because it's, i felt like at the time it was the perfect club dancing song yeah and i feel like it still holds up today maybe i'm just maybe it's just my nostalgia but i uh, i still love it so I think it still holds up to date too, because it was really, it was Girls Aloud doing Eurodance, which, but it was like a modern version of Eurodance. So that's yes. why it still sounds fresh when you listen to it now. Whereas some of the 90s Eurodance that, that modeled it off, some of it can tend to be a little dated when you're listening to it these days. But that track, something kind of will never, oh. never ages. Oh, I know. I still love it. <laughs> I was like, 17 or something and i i remember just learning the choreography (laughs) i just spent hours watching videos all the different performances to try to get the different angles and figure out what was going on love that (laughs) great video too i love that video it's so nastily (laughs) but so continuing on the brilliant brand of their amazingly camp videos and i love the i love the um, the styling of that era too. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they had the best 
the hair in that, especially Sarah's hair, was iconic at the time. Yes. yes. So when ten happened, how how did you feel about that? I was really excited. I I didn't think they were gonna be saying goodbye after. Wrong. Um, and I think I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I remember when they were promoting the tour. Um, I I feel like I remember Kimberly saying um, when when they were asked if they were breaking up. I, I think I remember her saying they were still signed on for a couple more albums with their label. Mm. So I felt like that kind of gave us a little bit of false hope. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I kind of hold held on to that, like, oh, they're not done yet. <laughs> mm. Their singles legacy, unfortunately, then ends with Beautiful Because You Love Me, which is a sour point with a lot of the fans. It's been brought up with other people. What did you think of that being the last Girls Aloud single? Oh man, honestly, I I forgot about that because I always skip that song, and I I, I might like I know it what came out and I wasn't a huge fan, mm. um, especially because it wasn't a, a Xenomania song and there was there wasn't really Nadine in it, so it didn't sound like Girls Aloud. Um, so that's unfortunate because I really would have loved, even though um, on the Metro wasn't a Zeno song, I really would have loved that to be a single instead. When it comes to their videos, do you have a, f- a favorite or a couple of favorites? Yes, a um, whole lot of history, and I think because that was on location, right. and it wasn't it wasn't a cheap studio oh, one. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but also set in Paris, gorgeous. All the girls look gorgeous, mm-hmm. and I think also seeing the behind the scenes on off the record, right? With even like the girls watching the watching the preview and I don't know something about seeing that behind the scenes process also just made me love the video even more very bittersweet watching it now that last scene of Sarah walking down yeah yeah it's just so beautiful oh yeah that's what I think of when I think of that video just that shot of her walking so gorgeous yeah and Cheryl holding up a notebook saying that she didn't understand what people around her were saying yes (laughs) oh my gosh I love that solo wise did you get into any of their solo ventures oh yeah I I've listened to all of their solo stuff except maybe Kimberly. I wasn't really into the musical right, yes, covers, yes. Um, but I would say I really loved Nicola's mm. Cinderella's Eyes. I would say she's my favorite, and of course Cheryl. Um, yeah, my favorite of Cheryl's would probably be oh, A Million Lights. A Million Lights. Uh, that was the one with uh, yeah, call my name and yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. I felt I felt like that style was I feel like that was peak solo Cheryl to me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that video for Cormac. Yes, oh the God. outfit is Ooh. iconic to me. Those shoes yeah. as well. Like oh I my gosh, the shoes. Yes. Were, oh, it was just yeah that that video and song had a chokehold on my life for quite a while after it came out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm still obsessed with it actually. Yeah, yes. Still such great tracks. It's a pity that Let You didn't do as well as it should have when it was released in the UK, because I really think it's one of her very, very best singles. And it just, I don't understand why it didn't work. (laughs) Yeah, I love that too. I thought it was kind of in a similar vein to Call My Name. Right. Like even the music video reminded me of it as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I remember her saying that she had a body of work 
and she was you know she was waiting to see how the singles did before releasing yeah. it so that's really unfortunate because i'd want to hear what she had recorded right because um, we do know that a lot of st- stuff had been co-written by nicola as well oh yeah before i do wrap up and let you go i just want to say thank you again for joining me it's been an absolute treat of particularly because a lot of people that I've spoken to so far have come from the international sides of the world. So we understand the the hustle and how hard it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but if uh, the people want to find you online or anything like that, can they? Can they look you up and follow you anywhere? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at um, Sarah Grace Cast. So that's s-a-r-a-h-g-r-a-c-e-c-a-s well thank you so much no no thank you so much for chatting to me really really appreciate it and yeah um, me too i hope you have a lovely rest of your weekend yeah you too <laughs> thank you so much I'll bye. You online. bye yeah bye please welcome onto you can't mistake their anthology the wonderful cecily how are you my darling thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today of course i'm doing great it's i'm about to start work so it's early morning here but i'm all awake i've got my coffee and i'm already just energized anyway because oh i'm on a podcast and talking about girls aloud so yay <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. It's, I guess, really, the first question that I do want to ask is, how did you come to be a Girls Aloud fan? What was the beginning? So, I think the beginning of it really was, and this is going to be a bit of a long-winded story, but, right. so I'm an American, and, you know, over here, Girls Aloud, I was, I never heard of them at all. Um And so I didn't hear about them until I started perusing a magazine from the UK called Q Magazine. And at the time I was getting into like Florence and the Machine. And so I was excited because like Florence and stuff was everywhere. And then I saw an article in there that was about this singer named Cheryl Cole and how she had just released this new album. She used to be part of this group called Girls Aloud. And I remember like kind of listening to some of her stuff. I was like, okay, this is okay. But like Girls Aloud, I wasn't really i was like i couldn't really find their stuff because <laughs> right. a lot of it was kind of region locked like you could only get it from the uk store and it wasn't really until like about two years ago and i was listening to another podcast it was um you're welcome america and it was these two very enthusiastic gay british men who were just mm-hmm. like in love with like sugar babes and yes. girls allowed in all of the girl groups and they didn't they did a whole episode on them like talking about their you know their history and everything and i was like you know what that's actually like the, this is pretty cool because i like pop music like mm-hmm. i tend to like a lot of the more poppy dance poppy music that doesn't really make it over here like i'm a huge kylie fan you know that i'm a huge kylie fan and it was great i finally got to see her live too when she finally came to the u.s which was like oh it was great (laughs) that woman puts on a show and she's like so tiny but she looks like taller because she's wearing these big shoes but yeah (laughs) like i started listening to girls loud's music at the time that like lockdown was kind of happening and uh, there was a lot of upheaval in my life too like i completely u-hauled a relationship i like i moved out into the middle of the country and there was nobody else really around and i needed something like really upbeat and i was like and i started like listening to it listening to their music i was kind of going through chronologically and i was like you know what i really dig this i love this music and 
it just it's just kind of stayed with me it's like my upbeat happy music like if i need something to listen to that's just happy and upbeat and i also like i'm a i'm a songwriter myself and i just completely love their song structures i love that they're just all over the place like i don't know anybody else who really does this stuff like they could have gone in a completely different direction with like doing tons of ballads and stuff like that and instead they did like these upbeat bangers like Oh, I, I just love it. Entangled Up is my favorite album of theirs. Right. So. Mine too. I was saying to a friend recently that most days my favorite album is Tangled Up. On some days it's Chemistry. Mm. And on some days, but, but they're fewer than the others. On some days it's even out of control, but it always comes back to Tangled Up. And then also, like, kind of at about that same time that I was getting into Girls Loud's music, I also, I was watching, a, I watched a, a video critique from uh, Georgina, the vocal coach, the honest vocal coach, and she did a video on Nicola Roberts, and I was like, oh, yeah, oh, it, it says that she's from this Girls Loud, okay, and also like, ooh, she has pretty red hair, I'm all, You're like, right. redhead here, <laughs> and I was just blown away by her voice, and so I got her album, and that was about the time that I got into Girls Aloud, and then I was just struck by like wait i can't really hear nicola in a lot of these songs i'm kind of disappointed <laughs> but you know at the same time like i just i, I love her album as well and mm. and all of girls allowed stuff i just love it it's just so right. upbeat and i wish that they had been kind of released over here but i think kind of given the time period at least what i remember because it like that time period was like college for me and there was a lot of like r&b rap hip-hop stuff that was top in the charts and i just they probably thought that they wouldn't have fit right but yeah because they pretty much got the same treatment here i mean they had some releases here and mm -hmm. we we had them come down for the promotional tour which i mean considering how hard they worked while they were in Australia, the mm -hmm. chart placement they got with biology was not great. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, like, you know, it was like 26 or whatever it was. I can't even remember off the top of my head, but I, I just remember like feeling so disappointed for them because I saw how hard they worked on that promotional trail here in Australia. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of just fell on deaf ears. It was sad, but they really had no love given, even from a record label standpoint in the US. <laughs> yeah, like their stuff never got released here. It wouldn't have been on the iTunes store. And just things weren't as easy to find back then in that, that, that regard. So it's kind of no wonder I didn't hear about them, but I'm glad I finally did hear about them. When I was starting to get into their music, I was... At the time, I was sewing a lot, and I would bring up some of their, um, and I would bring up a lot of their concerts on my iPad, and I would listen and watch while I was sewing. Mm -hmm. And so I like started with kind of their first tour. I was lucky; all this is on YouTube now. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember watching their watching their concerts while I'm just kind of walking around the house or just like just gave me something happy to watch while I'm like you know surrounded by cornfields nobody else really around here and it's kind of <laughs> sad and everything oh. so like my favorite memories are just watching the live the live shows and going oh my gosh it, like it gave me Kylie Minogue vibes it reminded me so much of the show I saw of hers when she came to the US I think it was in like 2010 or something on the Aphrodite yeah. tour mm -hmm. and like with lots of dancers and lots of stuff going on and costume changes 
changes and it's just overall just upbeat vibe and yes. it just it brought me back to that time because that was just so much fun watching her she puts on a show and these ladies put on a show and i love their chemistry together you know no pun intended <laughs> their chemistry together and i feel like each and, and see i'm looking at them and like i didn't grow up with them i didn't know all the press stuff and everything or like how people were were looking at them like I learned about like like how Nicola was seen, for example, through listening to her album Cinderella's Eyes. I'm going, oh, was she bullied in the meal? What the hell? She's a beautiful woman. Why did you people do this? <laughs> Straight white men and you know Kate Bush to put up with that kind of stuff, and it was even yeah. worse when she was out in the 70s. And I've talked about that on my podcast too. Yes, yes, yeah. Ugh. You've got an amazing Kate Bush podcast. Let tell, yes. Let's quickly look, tell everybody about that because I. Okay. I love Kate so much. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had this podcast called Strange Phenomena and the Music of Kate Bush ever since 2017. It was inspired by a similar podcast from uh, some guys that are talking about Tori Amos. And I'm a fan of both of them. Mm -hmm. It is possible to be fans of both. Yes, and, it is. Yes, it is. And, <laughs> and you know, they're, they're two very different artists and, and everything. So I've had this podcast since 2017 and I'm going through song by song, talking to fans around the world. So I'm used to, you know, to scheduling times and everything like that. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> um, a lot of the fans are over in the UK, and so I'm like, okay, subtract anything minus five. Because and so I've had this podcast since then, and I love it. So, like I love, and and I've loved like getting through each song. I'm now th into the Red Shoes season, so it's like her album from '94, I think. So I've already talked about Running Up That Hill, and let me tell you, when I saw the stats for Running Up That Hill, I can tell when Stranger Things was released because it was kind of like, and then it's like, oh yeah. But I've had so much fun like talking. I, I talk about the songs and also within that, like how people have seen her in the media. Like she put up with a lot of crap from people, especially like the straight white men just in the music, in the record press. And sometimes it feels like, especially like if I look at how Girls Aloud were talked about, sometimes it feels like things haven't really changed. Girls Aloud, it was interesting because they come from that era where it was like on the cusp where all of that stuff was still happening. But it was mm -hmm. starting to sort of go on the way well for the most part there's still some dirty terrible rags over in the uk that still write the same kind of stuff about all of those pop stars yeah but yeah kate had it rough with the executives and and no no trust whatsoever in her talent or her craft which <laughs> Which just blows my mind. Straight yeah. white men. <laughs> mm -hmm. We said Tangled Up's your favourite album. Yes. What would be your favourite single overall and what is your favourite Tangled Up album track? Okay, so single from oh just overall overall well, their stuff? Single single from and overall. Let's let's get into okay. it. <laughs> Alright, so some of my like I always have to say probably my favorite single is the show. Oh, like it just gets me going. I've used that as my alarm. Because <laughs> I hear that rave. Because it is, right? Because it starts with this this synthesizer like you're at a rave and it's like, whoa, whoa, we got, come up. <laughs> and then for, so, and then for Tangled Up, my favorite track on there is Close to Love. Like, it has yes. to be. Like, that is my, also one of my alarms. I can hear, you know, boop, boop, and I love singing along. It's just, and it's just banger after banger. Oh, oh God, my cat. My cat wants to sing along with Girls Aloud, apparently. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, 
So it, it, it probably my favorite single has to be the show, but also I really love biology because it's just bonkers with the it's just like, okay, what is the song structure here? I love it. Like I'm fascinated by that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then also like some of their other singles that I really like too are like I I love Pet Shop Boys. Yes. So I love the loving kind. Yeah. I I love like I can just tell it was a Pet Shop Boys song. Like especially like in the chorus and the rhymes like disinclined, like only Neil Tennant could get away with something like that. <laughs> and and I think I think it's really cute that the story of the song is that like he was showing them in in the studio how the song was supposed to go, and they were all like kind of shy, like oh it's Neil Tennant of Western Rose kind of thing. <laughs> it's just it's funny to hear about celebrities being s- s- starstruck about other celebrities. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like oh they get it just the same way as everybody else. <laughs> I mean really the only one I don't like is Beautiful Cause You Love Me. It's like <sighs> so. That is something that comes up. So I've spoken to one other person just before you actually, who beautiful because you love me comes up because it's so depressing that that is where the legacy ends as mm-hmm. as far as the singles are concerned, especially when every now and then we're sitting there just waiting to be made final single. But I, I'm, I'm, I get way too bitter about it, so I've got to move on. <laughs> just, oh, it does my head in. But um, I've all the tours. What's your favorite? Tangled Up, because it's it's my favorite. It's my favorite album, and I think that one. Just as I was kind of watching watching through the videos on YouTube and everything, that just struck me the most because it, it reminded me the most of the Kylie Minogue show that I saw also, funny enough, the Lady Gaga show because I saw her on the Monster Ball. Right. So that same kind of oh, thing with like, oh my gosh, I saw her in Raleigh, North Carolina. Let me, oh my God, that woman puts on a show. And just like, oh, her, I remember like putting the foot up on the piano. Like, ah. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, man. Yeah, I would have to say it's that one. Though I enjoy all, I enjoy watching all the tours and just seeing especially their performances evolve. Like you can see them becoming more comfortable just being in front of these big crowds and, and everything. And so that that's really good. But I have to have to say Tangled Up is my favorite one. Yes. Yes. That's actually the next album era episode that I'm doing. So I'm very, very excited to cover that. And I think uh, a lot of people are looking forward to it so i've got to make sure that it's bloody absolutely ripper <laughs> well, i'm sure it will be because it's a bloody ripper of an album too it, so it is it <laughs> is my god it's it would be strange for you coming into the fan base when you did just you know as lockdowns and everything were happening and the world was shutting down and a lot of us like really gravitated towards music even more because it was more so much more of a saving grace Mm-hmm. And I guess coming into the girls when you did, it would have felt quite sudden hearing about Sarah when she got unwell and then tragically suddenly just it passed away. It's just... Yeah. How How is that experience for you now, especially having gone through something that we, you said at the start, you know, with your own life just before all that happened... It was just drastic change and I can identify with that as well. How did it affect you in the way that 
you would listen you were listening to the girls obviously to get you know to a happy place to mm-hmm. be there to be upbeat how did it affect your relationship with that and sort of how long if at all did it take for you to get back to normal with it you know as far as with sarah goes i have to say in just just two days ago i ended up buying on the on amazon kindle i bought her memoir so I could learn a little more about her because you know again I was looking at their music like like without any of the context around it and it didn't and I didn't really start watching stuff like off the record or um uh any of or ghost hunting with girls allowed until I was until I was like okay this is these are pretty cool I'm gonna invest a little bit more and so it, I have to say, like reading her memoirs, so I'm learning a little bit more about her. And when I heard that she had died, that I was sad because she's not much older than I am. I'm yeah. 37 as of this recording, and I think she was. She's just a few years older than me. All of the girls are kind of about my age anyway. I think that even the youngest, Nicola, she was born the same year I was, 1985. Um, but, you know, I'm reading now her memoir and I'm only, I'm about halfway through now because it's it's a pretty quick read, but it's yeah. very well written. I love seeing, hearing like the behind the scenes take, like the fact that they were going to do, they, they were going to release a cover of Wicked Game, but oh, it yeah. never went through. And yeah. also finding out that you know she was didn't feel kind of that especially dynamics between the girls because and i know this from like just my experience it, i've never gotten along with a ton of women before and so reading about the dynamics between the girls is especially interesting like it seemed like cheryl and kimberly and nicola were kind of their own like prankster kind of thing and then over here is Cher- is nadine who's kind of off doing her thing a lot and then sarah is doesn't quite feel like she fits in because at the beginning like people were saying in the press oh no this other person should have won people cheated to get her in so it's interesting reading more about her and i've gotten teary a few times reading it because she sounds like she was just a genuinely sweet person who's been through a lot and you know i she sounds like she would have been somebody really cool to hang around with and i have to say that nicola is my favorite because redhead and also like i just love her voice and her attitude and everything but also i'd have to say i think sarah's probably my second favorite now like just reading more about her as a person and some of her struggles she's been through and she's very candid i appreciate just how candid she comes across that way and and the stuff that they did together and I just I appreciate that that comes out in writing and it's hard also reading about her cancer treatments yeah I work as an interpreter over the phone and sometimes I help people going through chemotherapy and stuff like that and so you know I'm just I it's just it's really sad what happened to her um but I'm glad that she was able to at least tell her story and I think she was a probably very well very misrepresented by the press as we were kind of mm-hmm. talking about you know the straight white yes. but you know she she sounds like she was a just a genuine person and she'll be missed before i do let you go and i've got to thank you so much this has been so much fun i've had such a blast chatting to you honestly my god 
I <laughs> same here. Want, I want to ask you where can the lovely people at home find you online? Talk about the podcast, anything. When I'm not listening to music and interpreting for people, <laughs> I have a Kate Bush podcast called Strange Phenomena: The Music of Kate Bush. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm also a musician. I just go under my first name Cecily, <laughs> and you can find my stuff on Spotify and iTunes. I like to make sure I'm available everywhere. I perform regularly on my Twitch channel, and that's at twitch.tv slash Cecily Music. And I'm working, constantly working on new music. I currently have, right now, I'm kind of pushing a new EP I released in September called Supernovas, and it's uh, four songs. Two of them are about one relationship, two of them are about another, and one of them, two of them are about the U-Haul. <laughs> right. And... Uh, so that's what I've got going on. And um, I'm also on Instagram, Instagram.com. I'm at never enough flowers for number four, the slave. Because that's also the name of my first album is uh, Never Enough Flowers. Ah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. That's a great title for an album. Thank my you. Gosh. <laughs> very, very, just want to thank you again so, so much for chatting to me. This has been such a wonderful, wonderful treat. And course, I. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. So, yes. And you're welcome very much. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this incredible Faniversary International Edition episode of You Can't Mistake Their Anthology. I do just want to apologise for some of the sound issues in this episode. I know, I know. I mean, hopefully it wasn't too noticeable, but... Unfortunately, I had some last-minute issues when I was editing stuff and had to resort to using some of the backup recordings of my audio in my conversations. So hopefully I was able to cover it up as best as possible, but very sorry if it interfered with your listening experience. Hopefully it didn't. And I would also really, really love to thank Craig, Stevie, Ovid, Sarah and Cecily for sharing their stories with me on the podcast. It's been an absolute treat and I can't wait for you all to get stuck into part two in just two days time being released here on December the 29th where I'll be chatting to seven Alouders from the UK. So we'll be hearing stories about live performances, meet and greets. Oh, it's going to be an absolute hoot. So UK edition coming in two days, December the 29th, 2022. But... This is Adam Eve signing off for a couple of days at least. <laughs> Bye. This is You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, a Girls Aloud commentary podcast from The Record Doctor with your host, Adam Eve. <laughs>